Hello, and welcome to Some of the Answers with Jen and Jamie. This is the official podcast of Third Eye Family Solutions, where we help you find a new perspective that will empower you to live a life of your dreams. Each week, we explore topics that are designed to help you face the challenges that come with life. We don't have all of the answers, but we do have some of them. So join us as we share our thoughts, ideas, and advice to bring your ideal self into focus. Hello, and welcome back. I know it's been a long time for the people that actually follow this podcast, but uh, you know, sometimes life has to do life, and it has been that one of those periods of time. Um, however, it is February, and lots of people, of course, are talking about love and relationships and Valentine's Day, and so I wanted to hop on and talk about two things that have come across my radar recently. One of them is actually a Twitter feed. And uh, you'll forgive my looking here and there if you're watching this on video, but I, I actually pulled this up for myself to have it available. So I saw this Twitter feed not too long ago that really struck me. And it was written by a woman named Reina Noriega. I know nothing about her. I have no idea who she is, um, but it, I wanted to give her credit because these were her words. She asked a question. She said, when getting in relationships, which are completely voluntary, do we not find it bizarre that at times people choose not to give their partners the things that make them feel loved and safe? Sorry, loved and safe. And she goes on to talk about some different examples of this. And one of the examples she gives is she talks about a psychology professor that she had who asked his class the question, um, how many of you bring home flowers to your significant other, right? And most of the people in the you know, especially most of the male people uh, raise their hands. And he said, okay, how many of you do this at least, you know, a couple times a year and fewer hands? How many of you do it monthly? Finally got done the last question. How many of you do this every week? One person left, guy in the, in the class has his hand up, right? And he asks, you know, various questions. And one of the things he asked, one of the people whose hands down went down quickly was, why don't you bring home flowers more often? And his response was essentially, well, I, you know, I don't want her to come to expect um, that I'm going to bring home flowers. And then when he talked to the student who said that he brings home flowers every week, he said, well, why do you do that? He said, you know, it's just sort of become routine. I know that it makes her happy and I bring the flowers home because I know it's going to make her happy. I know it makes her smile. And when I notice, oh, overlook them at the table, the flowers are getting a little dried out. I pick some up that day. And it's not every week, it's most weeks. And the professor asked, is this hard for you to do? He said, no, not at all. It's pretty much routine. And it just kind of this kind of thing. And if it takes, you know, if, it, if they come home in five days, she's happy. If it takes 10 days for the next batch, she's happy. There's no expectation that I'm bringing home flowers, but I know it's something that makes her happy. And so in this thread, uh, Reina Noriega had this great quote. She said, well, she's the professor, says, so flowers make your girlfriend feel loved. And the guy who didn't do it except maybe once a year says, yeah. He says, but you have a problem with her expecting to feel loved. And I just think that is so profound. You know, we do these in relationships. We hear, I hear these sorts of things from clients all the time. I don't want to, um, I don't want to do the dishes every night after dinner because then my partner's going to expect that I'll do the dishes after dinner. I don't want to, um, you know, always buy chocolates and flowers for Valentine's Day because then my partner's going to expect that I'm going to do it every Valentine's Day. And what if I forget one year? Or what if I can't one year or whatever, right? And it's really just a fascinating conversation to me because I find that 
Um, it's really common in relationships. I don't want to set up an expectation because I'm afraid I might fail at the expectation and then it's going to lead to disappointment, upsets, um, an argument, a fight between us. You know, maybe my partner will leave me because I'm no longer fulfilling the expectation. So we want our partners to feel loved and yet we sometimes intentionally don't do the thing that would have them feel loved. And it's not just things like gifts or even acts of service like doing the dishes. It's, you know, how often do you say I love you? Well, I don't want to say it too much or he's going to expect to hear it all the time. Um, how often do you uh, hug your partner for no reason? Well, sometimes, but if I did it too much, then she would always expect that I would do it. And we really hold ourselves back from expressing love just to make sure that no expectation gets created. It's kind of bizarre if you really think about it. And it brings me to the other thing that's that kind of came across my radar, um, which is a conversation I had with a group of couples back in November. And um, I was sharing that I often have clients who will say to me, you know, they'll, they'll be talking to me about some subject. And I will say, have you talked to your spouse about that? Have you talked to your partner about that? And the response is, oh, I could never talk to my partner about that. Sometimes the that is a specific thing. Sometimes the that is a category of things. Oh, we don't talk about money. Or um, we can't talk about sex. We don't, you know, that's not something we talk about. We do it. We just we can't talk about it, right? Um, and the group of people that I was talking to at the time, we we all have relationships in which there there is no off-limit topic. That does not mean that sometimes we have to talk to our partners about things that are hard to talk about, or that sometimes we're not having conversations where we have to kind of build up courage for a minute first. But what it does mean is at the end of the day, we're going to talk about whatever it is. We're going to talk about the hard things. We're going to talk about the gross things. We're going to talk about the, you know, the, the things we're worried about. What is the, what is the response going to be over here? But there's not ever going to be anything where, where we say, I couldn't talk to you about that. And I think when you put those things to, two things together, it goes back to that first line, the quote that I read from that Twitter thought, right? Twitter, Twitter thread, Twitter thought, Twitter thread, it's all the same thing, which is that relationships are voluntary. We get into them because we choose to get into them. Now, of course, there's a small category of people for whom that's not true, but we're not talking about that right now. We get into relationships because we choose to be in relationships with our friends, with our partners, with our spouses. Um, and yet we often, many people that I, I see, that I witness, that I work with, their relationships are unfulfilling. They are, uh, they're, they're limited to certain categories of topics or certain ways that we're allowed to discuss things. They're limited to how I will and won't, ex won't express my love for you and with you because of the fears I have. And I ask my, you know, I ask myself, uh, my husband and I talk about this and I ask clients the question often, is that really what you want in a partnership? You know, just uh, two days ago, a friend of mine and I were talking and she said, yeah, people that I work with, whenever I say that my husband's my best friend, 
they're like, oh, that's gross. He shouldn't be your best friend. You should have best friends. He's your husband. Other people can be your best friends. And we both laughed about it because we both describe our husbands as being our best friends. We both also describe other people as being our best friends. So I have three women in my life that I describe as my best friends. And I describe my husband as my best friend. And, you know, when it comes to friendship, all of those are the best in the ways that that particular relationship and person is the best, right? That doesn't negate all the others. It's just like asking a parent, well, who's your favorite kid? Well, they all are. This kid is my favorite for this. This one's my favorite one to hang out with and have lunch. This one's my favorite one to go to Disneyland with, right? I have I have favorite categories that they fit in, but I don't have a favorite human being. Just like my four best friends, one of which who is my husband, all get to be the best. So I'm throwing those things out there, some things to think about. You know, the whole title of this podcast is Some of the Answers. I certainly don't have all of them. I don't have a, this is how your relationship should look and this is what you should do to get it there. But I do think it's worth thinking about if there are things that you feel that you could never talk to your spouse about, why? What's in the way? And what would it take to open up that whole category of conversation, question, inquiry, etc., so that you can have a more fulfilling and more full partnership? If you're afraid of expressing your love because you're afraid of the expectation it might set for the future, ask yourself why. Maybe ask your partner, what would be some way that I could express my love for you that I don't currently do that would make you feel loved, that would make you feel honored, that would make you feel important? See what they say and see if that's a request that you can fulfill. So just a couple of ideas. Um, as always, we don't have all the answers, but we do have some of them. And one of them is talk to your partner and express your love. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Some of the Answers. To learn more about Jen, Jamie, or Third Eye Family Solutions, log on to thirdeyefamilysolutions.com. That's third, T-H-I-R-D-I-E-Y-E, familysolutions.com. Some of the Answers podcasts can be found on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, Stitcher, and Podbean. This podcast is the property of Third Eye Family Solutions, copyright 2020, and the music is owned fully by Gabe Schwartz. Join us next time for some of the answers.